0: Yeah, well, time to uh, talk football after just a quick interlude into uh, horse racing there with Malcolm Johnson, I think we were talking about, but I'm delighted to say we have uh, to talk soccer with us, our producer, James Clark. Morning, Clarky. Hello, boys. And on the line, we have former soccerroo uh, Scott McDonald. Morning, Scott. Good morning, guys. How are we? Very well, Thanks. Yeah, now Scott, um, plenty happening this week. Uh, I guess as the season gets
1: closer, the Premier League season, that means there's lots of friendlies on, and we're we're fortunate enough to have uh, Aston Villa and and uh, Leeds United here in Australia, and they're obviously training down the Gold Coast, and they've got they're preparing for a game against the Roar on Thursday night, and then again on uh, Sunday against uh, so Aston Villa and Leeds at Suncorp, and then they go up to Townsville. So. Um, lots, to lots to going on and also a friendly tonight, Manchester United and Liverpool in Bangkok. So there's lots of football on around the world, not in a competitive sense. We've got the Euros, the women's Euro and England doing very well there. So plenty of football on at the moment, mate.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was talking to my son only last week and he said, dad, I'm bored. There's no football on the TV right now. So, it's great to ha- it's great to have it back again, and um, we didn't miss it for long. It wasn't gone away for too long, and um, so I'm really looking forward to to seeing. Obviously, after speaking to you guys last week about new signings and everything else, this is the exciting times now for everyone all around the world to see what their teams bring in and and, and what they're going to bring new to the table this season. So um, looking forward to some of these games, particularly the ones in Brisbane this week or yeah. in, in Queensland rather.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, no Ronaldo. Um, he's he's. Uh... Not coming on this Asian tour, which will be which will disappoint a lot of uh, fans through Asia and Australia, but uh, Eric um, Ten Hag he says Ronaldo is not for sale, so um, I mean that's that's good, some good news for Manchester United fans who, who love Ronaldo. Yeah. looks like he's staying, but um, what what are your thoughts? Do
2: you think he wants out look i think I think everyone's for sale at, at, at the right price, Clarkie so particularly a thirty seven year old um, as much as from a marketing perspective it uh, really suits Manchester United as a football club I think as uh, as the football stands now I'm not so sure And particularly if he is causing upset um, which I'm disappointed in if, if that's the case because his legacy at, at the football club and what he's done in the past um, you hope that it all ends in the right way um, but if he does stay it's an added bonus in a sense because you know what he gives you he's going to score goals for you no matter what um, it's just whether or not he's going to fit in Ten Hag's system and for the longevity of the club sometimes having players of that esteem in your changing room doesn't always give you the success that you want uh, particularly from a controlling factor so when you're a new manager sometimes that comes to play um, and in your mindset as well what is he really giving me out with his goals and his individual performances, what's he giving me for, for my club and for my team? So that's a dilemma that probably Ten Hag has at the moment. Just how would you assess his
0: second coming at Manchester United, Scott? Do you think it's been a success?
2: Well, no, because, because the, the, the team's failed, hasn't it, miserably. On, from an individual basis, he's been stunning once again. You know, third top scorer in the Premier League at his age. It shows you that he can still mix it with the best. He's a phenomenal striker, and probably he still, you know, will go down as arguably the best player ever to have, you know, played the game. Um, but just as a collective, it's not worked for Manchester United. And um, you can say, well, it's up to the others around him to, to, to get to get better and and use him accordingly. But sometimes you just don't fit. To everything that the club needs. Um, and that's the dilemma Manchester United have right now because from a marketing power tool and the success of the individual uh, still on the park, it works. Um, but as a collective in bringing success to the football club, I'm not so, so sure it's going to work um, even this season.
1: We saw that at Juventus too when, when he went there. Commercially, it's it's huge for Juventus to, to sign someone like Ronaldo. Like His brand is just enormous in the jersey sales and everything. But... Yeah, it it doesn't always just equate to um how he fits in a in a setup and that 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 was no more evident than uh, at Juventus but um i guess turning to local news. Uh, Charlie Austin arrived this week at the Raw. Uh, lots of excitement about um, his signing, but also Riku Danzaki, who played at the club, the Japanese uh, midfielder. He's back at the club, which is a, it's a great signing, and he'll slot in nicely with uh, Cyrus Demi and Nikola milo and Luka Vanovic at, at the Raw. Yeah, he absolutely will. Look, you, you know what you're
2: going to get from Riku Danzaki. You know, he had real success first time round. You know, I was lucky enough to play with him um, you know, before I retired, Clarkie, um, and he had a wonderful season that season. Um, it's always difficult coming, you know, second coming, though. That doesn't always go as well. Um, but I'm hoping it does for, for Riku and, and for Brisbane. And I don't think Brisbane are done just yet either, Clarkie, but it will all depend on departures. I think that's always the difficult one um, when you, you've only got so many foreign spots. But I, I think if they can get a one or two other foreigners out, I would probably, from what I'm hearing, that there's still more to come. Um, so, yeah, exciting for the Brisbane Royal fans after what was a really, really disappointing season, um, you know, last year.
1: And uh, in the Women's Euro, England have got off to a terrific start uh, yeah. in their campaign. They they had a 1-0 win over Austria, and at the moment, I think it's... They're up 8-0 at one stage, so... And that, that's finished. They they beat Norway 8-0, so... Um, <laughs> The way they're talking over there, and we've known this from last year's Euros, uh, it, it appears to be coming home to, to England.
2: <laughs> yeah, already. Uh, look, wonderful result. And, yeah, look, the English side, they've improved you know, year in, year out. And I think between them and France, and obviously we can't forget the Spanish as well, I think probably they're going to be the, the three favourites. And you can never discount um, you know, Sweden as well. Sweden are a decent side. That Group C looks like a, a really... Probably the toughest group out the lot. Obviously, everyone drew in the first game, so lots to play for. But England and France, for me, are going to be the pick of the bunch, and probably they're the ones we're going to see near the end of the finals, Clarky.
0: And Scott, just uh, off uh, the actual playing field, a story that's been gurgling around, seems to have been for years, uh, was uh, finally put to bed uh, last week. Perhaps in surprising fashion, uh, Sepp Blatter and Michelle Pettini were both exonerated from any sort of wrongdoing in relation to a payment made by Blatter when he was in charge of FIFA um, uh, to... Platini, uh, and Platini said there's been a sort of conspiracy against him to stop him becoming the head of FIFA as a result of the payment, but the court said the payment was uh, justified and both men uh, have walked away without any adverse ruling.
2: Yeah, well, that's interesting, isn't it, guys, uh, for it to take this long, for one? Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, there's there's still, <laughs> there's still a lot of dirt, um, you know, within the, that era of FIFA now, um, that's always going to lie upon the game, unfortunately, and and people are going to have their conspiracies, no matter what the court ruling is on, on what's actually gone in the past. You know, we only need to look at, you know, Australia's bid for for the World Cup and you know Qatar actually mm. getting the World Cup, and oddly, all of a sudden everything changes. Yes, there's nothing wrong with change, but you know, having a World Cup mid-season is you know extraordinary uh, to say the least, and. Look, I I just don't know where they're going with the international stage at the moment. You know, there's talks of them extending the World Cup and extending the Euros and, and look, extending the Champions League. You know, UEFA and and FIFA, it seems to be all just about making the money rather than actually the spectacle and and making it special as a competition and keeping it unique. So, yeah, look, and I think a lot of the players are now starting to speak up about it and some of the useless friendlies and competitions Mm -hmm. that are going around just for the money. So... I think something has to change, you know, on all levels there for me. Good on you, Scott. Always a pleasure. We'll chat later in the week. Wonderful, guys. Thank you.